Hello, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 3 of the We Are Speaking Podcast. During each weekly 30-minute episode, we address some of our favorite topics, including American history and culture, government, education, and politics from a Black perspective. We are so glad you are joining us today. The podcast is brought to you by our company, the Team Owens 313 Global Creative Community. We offer branding and marketing services, including online training and one-on-one coaching to independent writers, creative and solo professionals, and very small business owners. You can find out more at our website, teamowens313gcc.com. As a free or paid subscriber to the We Are Speaking publication, you can access the podcast episodes through the website or on your favorite podcast player. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. My name is Pamela Gilliard-Owens, and I am one of the co-hosts of We Are Speaking, in partnership with my husband and business partner, Keith Owens, who also wrote and performed the intro and outro music. And speaking of Keith, here he is. Hello, good to be here. Okay, this week we are going to be talking about something that's very current that's going on, democracy or authoritarianism, both abroad and here. And as we record this episode, Russia has illegally invaded its neighbor, Ukraine, trying to topple its democratically elected uh, president and government and install their own authoritarian government. And that brings home the fact that this is exactly what happened in World War II and has been happening even recently over the last 10 or 15 years as authoritarian governments have been, the number of authoritarian governments have been rising and the number of democratic governments has been falling. And that's also what's happening here in the United States, especially over the last five years since the rise of who we call the former guy, the 45th president of the United States, who has also tried to install an authoritarian government with him at the helm. He even said he thinks he should be president for life. And the other, the party that he represents is also becoming very authoritarianism, which is the hard word, the hard word to say. So Keith, what, give us very quickly your spin on what's been happening in Ukraine as we speak. The war has been going on. The, I, I don't even want to call it a war. I want to call it an invasion. Uh, little, about three weeks now. Yeah, it's, um, well, no more is war. You know, it's not an invasion, but it's, 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 let's get to war at this point when you have two sides, uh, Russia and Ukraine going at each other with military means. That's, that's, that's war. But I think that what, what has happened is, 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 is their, uh, President, President Putin, essentially, at least from what I understand, I'm a hardly international scholar, but from my understanding, I mean, Putin has been waiting for what he would consider an opening like this for a long time when he considered, when he figured, cause, it, cause the only all superpower that can kind of get in his way is the United States. And when he felt like the United States was weak or divided enough, that's when he figured he could make this kind of move. So as long as he's been in power, he's been waiting. And when he and when he had the former guy, that's when things started to go his way because he was all he was a bit, uh, was for letting Putin do whatever Putin wanted to do, and now that President Biden is in, 
but the country is so divided, more divided than it's been in a long, long time. I wouldn't necessarily say the country is weak. The only weakness is the division, um, that nothing can get done and there's so many of the problems. He, see, he has seen this as an opportunity to take Ukraine and to bring it back into the fold of he wants to rebuild the Soviet Union is what he wants to do. And so far, just to wrap it up, so far it has not gone as he thought it would go. He thought that Ukraine would just fold and the Russian-speaking Ukrainians would just run back home and be so glad and they wouldn't put up a fight, but, but they're putting up one heck of a fight. And, and it's not going as he thought it would go. And so that's why this thing is, is becoming very frightening in terms of what it could turn into. Right. And I just want to, a quick aside, a lot of people, especially on the right side, on the right wingers, are saying that Putin would not have invaded, the reason that Putin did not invade Ukraine while Trump was president because Trump was a stronger president. That is no, not true. The reason why he didn't invade Ukraine while Trump was president is because Trump was doing everything that he wanted to do. Right. Trump was, uh, uh, was, was trying to undermine Ukraine. Trump was trying to undermine or eliminate NATO, and uh, which is also one of Putin's objectives, mm -hmm. and undermine the EU and, and uphold authoritarian governments such as Hungary mm -hmm. and, and uh, North Korea and China. And so... As long as Trump was doing, which is why they, which is why they tried to help mm -hmm. him get into power in the first place, as long as, long as uh, Trump was doing what Putin wanted him to do, he just, we were just biding his time until right. NATO fell apart, until Ukraine fell apart. Right. And, and the other reminder is that the reason why Trump was impeached the first time is because he was impeached on abuse of power because he literally tried to blackmail Ukraine and the president of Ukraine, Zelensky, by withholding military aid and funds that were already approved by Congress until Ukraine came up with some dirt on Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son. Joe Biden wasn't even the, now this was in 2019, so Joe Biden wasn't even the official nominee yet. The primaries hadn't even started, but Joe Biden, but everybody, or at least Trump felt that Joe Biden was the most powerful of the of his potential opponents so he wanted to get ahead in the game right and not joe biden now before the primary before the elections even mm -hmm. declared in 2020 so that's why he was impeached uh, so we wanted to get those two things out of the way but there there's a 2021 report from an agency or an organization called uh freedom house and it's called uh freedom in the world and in, it showed in 2021 less than 20 percent of the world's population lives in fully free countries. And that's part of an overall trend towards authoritarian governments that's been going on for about 30 years. Mm -hmm. And so what do we mean by a democratic country and an authoritarian country? In a democracy, the citizens choose elected representatives through free and fair elections. And that's when it says elected representatives, a, 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 a true democracy is something like they had in Greece where people sit, and there's a few of them, a few jurisdictions in the United States where people sit around and make the decisions all by themselves. But of course, we've always had, the, we've always had a representative democracy where we elect the representatives who then speak and work for us. And the, the uh, most important thing here is free and fair election. This is what we had in 2020, and this is what Trump said we didn't have in 2020 because he didn't win. If he didn't win, it wasn't a fair election. And remember, he started putting that out in the spring of 2020, before the election even started. So in a, a democracy, the, the, gov the people who are being governed by their elected representatives are the ones who have the voice in what goes on in the government. 
and they'd have individual freedoms and rights under the law. And this is what the Republican Party, now that the 2020 midterms are coming up and in the 2024 presidential election, they are trying to take away individual rights and freedoms at every single turn. In an authoritarian regime, political power is concentrated among a small elite, and the Republicans want that to be them, or even one ruler, and Trump wants that to be him, who, and this is the important part, who are not bound to be responsible to the people they govern. And this is why this is so important here in the United States, because the Republicans are trying to pass laws that allow them to change the results of the election if it doesn't go their way. And, and so that's, that's what's frightening, and that's how, they're, how we here in the United States are fighting against us turning into an authoritarian country. Right. And, I, and one thing that I would um, I'll correct a little bit, when they say the Republicans are trying to establish a government where they're not responsible to people, they, it, it's not they don't want to be responsible to people, it's that they don't want to be responsible to all the people. That's true. That's you, know, call them, you know, they're, they're, they're perfectly fine with being responsible to the, to the oligarchs. I mean, the people with, with, with the money, the power, what they're looking for is basically whoever can buy their way in. Right. And, and all those, and that's what, you know, you know, Trump and other Republicans have done. And, and the government, I mean, and the government is not, and to a degree, not to, their head, it's, it's more than, it's broader, it's Republicans are by far the biggest perpetrators of this at this point. But the entire government has been bought and paid for in too many ways now, because, because of the, you know, the group, the, I'm forgetting the word now, but basically, you know, the special interest, whoever wants, you know, what's, wants a favor, wants something done. They're the ones that walk, you know, walk the halls of Congress, you know, have free, you know, to come in and get their appointments. And whenever a legend, whenever a piece of legislation, when we, we saw on TV, it's a, uh, we saw it a number of times when there, when there was a, there are organizations now that are set up to create, to basically create legislation to pass on to well, legislators, lobby, lobbyists. And, and, and lobbyist firms where they say, okay, this is what the college, so they create legislation to hand to the legislators when, and then they go and push that through. So in other words, this is legislation that wasn't even created by the people that were elected. It was created by a special interest. The best way I can say it, and apologize for breaking up the way that I'm talking about this, but the United States is an experiment. The United States is something that everybody else admired. They wanted to be able to have free and fair elections. Many of the people wanted that. But, but it became a target the minute it began to work. And I think what's happening now is, is that it be, be that that problem is causing that's causing an extraordinary problem for democracy right now. I mean, and you have even though all the attention is focused now on the on the war in Ukraine, but meanwhile on the ground in the United States, all the things that Republicans have been trying to do, they're continuing to do in Texas with trans children and with education. They're continuing Florida. in Florida. Hey, what to Texas? Texas. Yeah, for Florida. Yeah, yeah, because the, 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 in Texas there was a report about a woman where they're, they're scared to death about they, uh, somebody may come knocking on their door. Because of, because of the experience of child abuse. child abuse, exactly. So, I mean, they're, they're setting up all these things that are happening now because now they feel like they have the green light. Right. And the thing about this is that the Republicans used to be the party of, quote unquote, small government. Right. Now they're expanding up where they get into everybody's business, the people who they don't like or they don't right. approve of. And, and Jesus correct. They answer only instead of answering to everyone in the country. And realizing that, which is, which scares them, that this is a very diverse country, and they only answer to the people that they uh, think are important. Mitch McConnell himself said uh, about a month or so ago about voting Americans and African Americans, as if African Americans are Americans of this part of the voting bloc. That's that was a Cordian slip on his part because he doesn't think of Americans. He thinks of are the Republicans that follow him are the white 
American are the non-immigrants, et cetera, et cetera. Now, listen to this, this uh, definition of authoritarian rule and see if it sounds familiar. An authoritarian regime makes the rules, enforces the rules, and punishes those who break the rules. They keep power by trying to eliminate all forms of organized political opposition. Rival parties are forbidden or extremely hampered. That sounds familiar because they're trying to suppress the voters. They're trying to rig the election counting here in the United States. And, and freedom of the press is curtailed. You know, every, you know, whenever you heard a Trump um, rally, all he talked about was how, how, the, how the press was the monster. And everything that is not good about him is fake, fake news. right? And only propaganda networks are deemed useful. And of course, we know the propaganda machine that we're here is in the United States. It's Fox News. Free speech and religious freedoms are also cur- curtailed as they interfere with the total devotion by the people of the state. And so, according to the Republicans and according to Trump, free speech is only free speech for them. It's not free speech for anybody else. Religious freedoms curtailed here because unless you are a Christian, even though this is not a Christian country, people keep saying that it is, but it is not. It says specifically in the First Amendment that no religion should be higher than any other. But they keep saying this is a Christian religion. Not only are they saying that it's a Christian country, all other religions such as Judaism and Islam and all of that should be suppressed and the people that follow them should be suppressed and or harangued and harassed. They are, they, they are pushing their version of Christianity on everyone else. This country, the, 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 the Constitution is the law of land in this country, not the Bible. And unfortunately, a lot of these people are putting what they consider connect picking Jews, their parts of the Bible, as if that is the law. And that's what's happening with the Supreme Court. In the United States, we keep saying it, the United States, it is an experiment. They said that from the beginning. But I can't remember which founding father said that. I think it was Benjamin Franklin. And after the Constitution was finally approved, someone asked him, what do we have now? And he said, well, what we have is a, is, is a republic. If we can keep it. And we've been fighting to keep it all this time. And for all of the problems and, and, and racism and all of that that's happening in the United States, this is still the best form of government when it works the way it's supposed to work. So that's what we're fighting for. And I tell people all the time, all the different issues that we have to contend with, student loans and COVID and voting rights and all that, none of that take, takes place of saving our democracy. Right. Because if we don't save our democracy, then when the Republicans are in charge, they won't care about work. And, that, and that, affect, right, that affects this country, it affects the entire world. Right. I mean, at that point. And I think the other thing that's, that's, that's very, 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 very important in this is that what's, what the Republicans, and which is predominantly a white party at this point, um, views, what they're seeing is what the rest of the country is seeing is that the United States is, honest, is, is, is a multicultural country. And it's, and it's obvious now. You know, I mean, where whites will be in the minority mm-hmm. right, by 20, I think it's 2054 or so. I mean, and that's nationwide. They already right. are in California. So I, and so what they're, what they feel threatened is that, that, that it won't be like in the days of leave it to beaver. You know, it won't be, you know, the, the, the old America, the, what, what they view as the, you know, the white America when things were within those, well, things would be, you know, what they consider to be simple. And the thing, what this really brings to mind is the phrase we hear all the time, the big lie, because even the, 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 the idealized past that they're drawing up was not true. Right. You know, when they talk about the way I idealized the Christian neck, it wasn't like that. Right. You know, they're talking about a time when black folks were lynched, whatever, all the, but all these things that weren't making all the news, but these things were happening. There was never an idealized time. The problem is now is that with cell phones, 
people see how bad the Nash really are, are all the stuff coming up and they're beginning to see all the multiculturalism, all the, you know, the, you know, the, the uh, you know, the gender issues, et cetera, all that. And people aren't sitting down anymore. Right. People are making noise. And so what they're trying to do is push it back, you know, push the genie back in the bottle. They're trying to make, you know, make it go back. And that's where authoritarianism comes in because authoritarianism, the purpose of authoritarianism, authoritarianism is to perpetuate a big lie, whichever big lie benefits those at the top. And so when Putin says he wants to cut off the media and, and make sure that you only tell a certain story, everything is to say, okay, that means that they, there can be no challenge, cut off the lie, you know, and then whatever benefits the people thought with the money and tell the story that we want people to hear, even though they know that story is not true. But when you have enough military and bite, but the problem even with the military is that it's because the, but they, when they have the numbers. But the military, they're a bunch of confused young kids don't even understand. I'm talking about Russia. Russia, right. Russia, they don't even understand why they're fighting. And it's in there, you know, they have the, 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 their, their, their weapons aren't up to par. Food, and, they, and they were trying to use this as an um, as a way to prove how authoritarianism, you know, is, is superior. Right. That's not that's not true. What's, what's showing right now is that people who are fighting for democracy have the hearts. And that's why it's important, getting back to why it's so important to defend Democracy. I remember a guy I know, a friend of mine on Facebook, was talking about we didn't have a dog in this fight. I'm like, what? I said, what fight are you talking about? What dog? <laughs> yes, if you don't have a dog in this fight, you might as well just lay down and go lay down and die because there is no other fight. I know if we lose the fight for democracy, if we don't, if, we, if we're not allowed to to, or to have our votes counted, we've lost the whole game. And this is why. It is so important, and we have to we have to really clarify what's going on in Ukraine because. Putin will not stop with Ukraine. Exactly. He wants to bring back all of the former Russian states, right. former Soviet states, right. back into the fold. Right. Because he really sees himself as saving, as, as restoring uh, the Soviet Union. That, that's what he wants. Let's go to czars. He wants to be a czar. He wants to be a czar. And again, of course, czars are, are leaders for life. Uh, Trump wants to be king. Right. But so it doesn't stop there. And that's why there are so many comparisons to now and to World War II with, with, with Hitler, because Hitler was going to take over all right. of Europe. Right. And so that's why it's important, because we have to save the democracies in Europe to strengthen our democracy here in the United right. States. Right. And also, this is, this is also very important, because it's so funny. Until three weeks ago, everybody online was an infectious diseases specialist. They knew exactly about the vaccine. They knew how it worked and, and all that kind of thing. Now, all of a sudden, everyone is a military logistics expert <laughs> and wondering why, oh, just send out this up to Poland and get it over to Ukraine. It's not that easy, number one. And there is no such thing and there never will be declared a no-fly zone over Ukraine. The, the, the real experts, real, real military experts are saying, drop the phrase no-fly zone and put in, what, what, what was the word that's, uh, Declaration of war. war. Because yeah. if we have a no-fly zone over Ukraine, the first time an American pilot shoots down a Russian pilot, we are in World War III. And so we have to remember, uh, Putin wants to turn this into a war between the United States and Russia. And that is what we are avoiding. That's being contended, actually. So some are saying that's not really what well, that, that's I should say that's one of his goals, because his ultimate goal is to eliminate democracy, period. Right. right. And its biggest rival, of course, is the United right. States. Right. But we have to remember, we are not in this fight as the United States. Right. We are in this fight as, as, as a member of NATO. And even though Net Ukraine is not in NATO, a lot of the countries around Ukraine and around Russia are in NATO. And so when we are defending those countries around Ukraine, we are doing that as a member of NATO. And we have to remember that. 
And that's why it is so, when people are, are, are recognizing the leadership of Joe Biden and Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, in bringing the NATO countries together to fight this in such a short amount of time. It was nothing short of miraculous. But NATO has not been, been this strong and this united since the end of World War II. And not only the NATO countries, but the non-NATO countries. Sweden, excuse me, has always been neutral. And they picked a side. Japan has picked a side. And our side, thank you. <laughs> um, and so that Putin also sees this. Wait a minute. I was supposed to roll, roll into Ukraine to assassinate or, or bring, or bring down Zelensky. And, and then I was supposed to be, this was supposed to be done in a week, you know, and I would have won. That's not what's going on. No, he doesn't, he doesn't think that what, what, because of what happened with Crimea. I mean, right. I, you know, and before, I mean, he's never, he, he figured nobody, nobody cared about Crimea. Nobody cared about when he, assa- you know, I think the person that he had assassinated, had, mm-hmm. was accused of assassinating. Right. But there are, so other atrocities that are attached to him. Um, some not proven, others absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like Crimea, and so he figured this time, no way was was NATO and all the countries, let alone you know, was was this going to happen? Mm-hmm. You know, and also because the United States is divided now, that there's there nobody's going to care if I go, you know, road rolling into Ukraine. Right, and when 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 it rolls up, it's caught in completely off guard right now. And he doesn't, and he doesn't, and and the course of the main concern now is because there's some, some there are some reports that he's unstable just okay. like Trump was unst- is unstable mm-hmm. and and you have an unstable person and he's in a much more powerful position than Trump I mean because right. at least we were able to get him out I mean he, he, he's not going anywhere right you know and so if he decides to push some button right you know I mean they said nuclear winter is is a real possibility right. because if he's because this is somebody who cannot who cannot once again like the other guy the former guy here cannot under, cannot tolerate losing. Exactly. He cannot. Exactly. They, there's no way in the world that he is going. And that's the thing that makes me nervous. I mean, because this is not somebody that's going to say, oh, well, I didn't get Ukraine. We'll try again next time. Right. right. That's not what's going to happen. And the only, and, and like, and, and, you know, going back to the parallel between democracies and, and, and Russia and, and here, Trump also did not think he would, right. could lose. He didn't think he should lose. Absolutely. He didn't think he did lose because in his mind, he should be president for life. Right. And so at no other time in the United States history, has the losing presidential candidate gone, done all these things that Trump has done? Even in the last, I believe it is 40 years, 40 or 50 years, when we had incumbents. Jimmy Carter was an incumbent who lost. Gerald Ford was an incumbent who lost. George uh, Bush 41, George H.W. Bush was an incumbent who lost. And none of them did, did, did what, 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 what Trump is doing. And there have been incumbents. Al Gore, he, he, he wasn't an incumbent, but just the grace that he showed. Because right, right. When, they, when they contested the election, he gracefully accepted and said, he did, instead of tearing the country apart. Yeah, not, not only that, not only he graced, well, I don't think he should have given up his social sin, but he did. Right. He, did. Right. he gracefully accepted that. But not only that, he was vice president at the time. Right. So it was his job to count the electoral votes in the election that was literally stolen from him by the Supreme Court. And the exact same thing, that that's the vice president's job. So just like Mike Pence's job was to count the legitimate electoral votes, that was Hal Ford's job. Right. And so, because we're running out of time, see if this sounds familiar as we uh, show the relationship or the similarity, I should say, between what's going on in Europe and what's going on here. The countries that are supposedly democracies can also be authoritarian. And in this way, in, in the leaders of, of, of authoritarian governments that are supposedly democracies came to power through the election, like Trump did, but then go on to try to consolidate their power through undemocratic means. Okay. 
people can vote in these pseudo-democracies, but the elections are not fairly conducted after the ruling party comes to power. That's exactly what the Republicans are trying to do. They curb the civil rights of the people they govern to ensure that there is no room for dissent. And in this country, no room for people who are not the Americans than their definition of an American. You know, including women in many, in many times, including brown and black people, including any minority, and including Democrats, who they think are their enemy. Okay? They do not allow a free press. They do not have truly independent judiciaries. And this is what's happening on the Supreme Court. They, you know, they say that they're independent, but they are so right-wing mm-hmm. that they are not, that, that they're becoming a political, a political party, political mouthpiece for the Republicans in, in stuff. And they don't have free universities where the curricula can be chosen without government oversight. They're trying to do that not only in the colleges and universities, but they have watch lists for university professors that they think are too liberal, okay? And that goes all the way down to the K-12, you know? And so the, so the, this is what authoritarian governments around the world are like, and this is what the Republicans are trying to turn the United States right, into. Right, right, And so we just want to talk about this because not only is it happening right now in Ukraine, but it's happening the same time in the United States. And we, we are speaking, our publication, our podcast, he's not all politics, but we, you cannot ignore the politics that are happening because they affect our lives and our ability to do anything else. Right. And I think, and that's important. Like you said, it's not all politics, but there's, there's so many things, issues that are going on. And this is a very critical time in history. And that's not, and it's, it's, it, I think it's important to speak out and talk about those issues. Like you said, mm-hmm. you, you do need to take a break once in a while and other things. But I think that these are things that, that have to be, Dealt with and 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 understood, right. and I think we do, and, we, and we hope to hear you know from 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 listeners as well, and just just have we have a yeah, conversation, right? Right, exactly. You can always leave comments because we want to engage with you and see what you think, and I'm sure that we want to come back to this topic or at least parts of this topic as we go along. So we hope we we um, gave you a little bit of how we see what's going on. Me being the educator, that was like to educate people on the history. Of how this, how this is, this relates to what we went to before we, what we have gone to before. The United States has not been in this much, it reminds its democracy and not been in this much danger since the Civil War. So we'll talk about that later. But for right now, we wish you a happy weekend. <laughs> and remember that you can find out more about the Team Owens 313 Global Creative Community at Team Owens 313 GCC.com. Thank you. Yep. See you next time. See you next week.